3: take them ropes Jeff Hawkins Chris Novembrino this week sponsored by mybookie.ag a little bit more about that later big news week Chris uh wow uh oh, where to start on all this cuz this is Saturday morning we're if you're watching on the voices of wrestling youtube channel Chris is, we're doing cooking with Chris Novembrino cooking with Novi cooking with
2: cats we're in the cat kitchen the once again kitchen. a little bit later i'm going to tell you how to make a delicious breakfast quiche featuring cherry tomatoes and an omelet you are absolutely going to die for. But first, we have all the news from AEW and WWE. Jeff, take why it away. Why
3: I have you host this show? Why, why am I hosting? <laughs> I'm the curmudgeon who counterpunches your chipper because you had a date last night. So... <laughs>
2: And I have a charming little breakfast milk (laughs) I'm going to take you all to a little bit later on in a delightful bodega.
3: RIP to Charles Grodin, Roger Hawkins of the Swampers. No relation, although I love the Swampers. haven't seen uh, Muscle Shoals, the documentary. And then also, wrestling-wise, Don Kernodal, who was kind of ship passing in the night for my fandom. He was big right before I started watching NWA Jim Crockett in the Carolinas, but he was a college wrestler in North Carolina. Just a tragic story. If the, the, the Dave audio on this was something, Chris. It was, yeah, Don Cronotl went to the heart doctor because he was having some issues. He got a bad diagnosis, went home and shot himself. What else is going on today? Just like, whoa. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness. goodness. Um. Yeah, Donald. Uh. I, I don't have a banter subject so i mean i'll go into the news why not
2: uh yeah, l- no uh yeah no um i on this week's don't worry about the government if you want to see me eat unbelievably spicy chicken and make fun of cody uh that's available <laughs> and uh trisha things are going well with the relationship and i'm hoping to have cats in the mix here uh, throughout the course of this episode um elsewise let us continue yeah Jeff.
3: starting with uh cuts in the nxt part of the wwe universe Sean Ross of Fightful, friend of the show, reporting that Kavita Devi, Jessamine Duke, Ezra Judge, Skylar Story, a.k.a. Brandy Lorne, Vanessa Bourne, Alexander Wolfe, Velveteen Dream, and referees Drake Wurtz and Jake Clements have been released from the company. So for context, those of you who may not recognize some of these stories, or some of these names, uh, Kavita Devi was on both May Young Classics, over pushed basically for the point of getting YouTube hits in India. That was her point. Jessamine Duke, of course, one of the friends of Ronda Rousey, part of those four horsewomen there, mostly appearing now on up, up, down, down streams that they do there. She's.
2: Yeah, she was either play or fight. I fi- don't remember. I which believe one, she, was but she was play. I yeah, think. She was but play. Yeah, she was play. But she was also yeah, in the uh, I- Raw
3: Underground segment featuring Marina Shafir. At one point, I think that's the last time we saw her on actual television. Uh, Scholar Story, A.K. Brandy Loren Joy Janella's girlfriend, or used to be his girlfriend. She was only featured once, and that was in the hot tub when Damian Priest got in after winning the North American title. Uh, I think that was just a signing for <laughs> to keep her away from AEW. That's my opinion. Ezra Judge was never on TV. Bodybuilder, former NFL player, six foot four, or no, six foot eight. Uh, it's believed that this may have been tied in with possible issues with Drake words backstage, but that is unconfirmed. And, and, uh, Jake Clemens, who you may not recognize, he was the Seth Rollins referee in that one skit where he was wearing the Seth Rollins shirt underneath. And then, and then they okay, never made, yeah, and then they yeah. never made television again, probably because, Oh, people are going to think of him as the Seth Rollins referee. Uh, the other names you probably recognize, uh, go from <laughs> least to biggest. Um, I'll say Drake Wertz referee, mostly known due to <laughs> issues politically that he is involved with. Um, former wrestler, former death match wrestler who cleaned up his life of drugs and stuff and took this opportunity to be a referee. But yeah, I believe that was probably a PR story that uh, they could not uh, could not contain, and so he is gone. These are all claimed as these budget cuts. By the way, Chris, these are budget cuts.
2: Oh, uh, yes. these are all budget cuts from the highly, the highly wildly profitable company. So, like, I mean, going back to the story last year when we were talking about budget cuts, I mean, I it, the the way they deploy this argument is really unconscionable. Um, but but now, like, moving back to Drake words in specific, uh, I mean. Look, uh, there, there is a real issue when, um, you make your political views wildly outspoken at work. And, uh, this is obviously a moving and dynamic subject, um, that, that changes decade to decade. I mean, year to year, um, there is asymmetry in the way that we respond to how political people are at work or whatever. However, in the case specifically about Drake Ward's, I think that he had been based on the allegations, um, around, uh, Ezra, uh, what was his Ezra judge. Ezra judge, this
3: is uh, NXT. Yeah. The,
2: the, the, the Ezra judge story, um, which centers around, uh, the George Floyd murder last year. And, um, Triple H giving a speech that was a uh, rather anodyne this workplace supports people of all races creeds and religions and and based on that story um that didn't look great for words um that kind of makes you a bit of a target at work um the fact that he had appeared uh in a political setting wearing an NXT t-shirt um wearing wearing the work t-shirt in a political context which sort of inherently drags the business into politics whether they want to be in it or not um and then you know look the the mass stuff any number of other things going on with drake words and then it gets down to look if you start rubbing enough of your colleagues the wrong way eventually your colleagues are one not going to have your back anymore and two kind of make it subtextually clear that if there is a point Uh, a station wherein you can be uh, left at that train station, so to speak. Uh, It will be encouraged. Um, And, you know, I I think Drake was playing with fire here. And I don't know if it's uh, personal instabilities that are rubbing up again, not understanding the realities of where he worked or the 21st century, any number of different things. Um, but yeah, no, he had to go. Uh, and I, I, you know, I feel no pity, no shame. And I think the reporting around him, even if you have questions about specifics in any one given story, I think the body of work, including the public videographic evidence is overwhelming and, uh, yeah, sad day for him.
3: I have thoughts, but they're not. Per-
2: no, no. You didn't get your thoughts. out. Get no, I, I, I think
3: out. he, it was probably more of a reaction that he thought he could do an equal reaction and probably took it a little bit too far. It's like, well, these people are yelling, are saying things about their politics. I can say things about mine and I'm going to be louder and even more obnoxious. And it's one of those issues. That's what I,
2: but, uh, so I mean, okay. Like, I guess that would maybe apply specifically to George Floyd and black lives matter. Although again, like George Floyd killed on camera, like in, in, in a sort of very graphic and vivid way. um, well, but let, let, let me it, let me
3: expound just a little bit. Let, I,
2: no, I, let me just okay. finish the circuit here. Cause I, I don't have a long thought here when it gets into COVID-19 and it becomes a matter of workplace safety and public health. It's not purely political anymore. At that point it is, I do not feel safe working with this person because this person is expressing, I do not believe that this virus can get me because, you know, I think it's all hype or whatever. Um, and, and I think that that is fundamentally different than like I support John Kerry in the two thousand four election. Yeah, no, election it's it's, it's like
3: not that. banal thinking, but it's there is a there is an undercurrent of victimization that isn't there. And it's like when when if that report about him storming out of the Triple H meeting is true, uh, that that's what it goes into. For me. It's it's the uh, it's the hey we 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 support. Uh, a multicultural, multi religious, multi this workplace. And he's going, ah, oh, I'm tired of this oppression. And he storms out, you know, that kind of thing. That, that's what I meant by that. You know, the. Perform- no, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, no. yeah. Opposition in terms of that's how he views, that's how other people are expressing their views. So he's going to express it that way. That's, that's how I viewed a lot of people and their politics
2: of like, no, you know, in, in a way, in a way, I think I, a different way of putting this is it puts you at loggerheads with yes. management. Management is trying to come out and just make like the basic, more or less in fulfillment of the law of a standard workplace yeah, and, and of if they like, bring them-
3: we are not going to discriminate. <laughs> yeah, against and if you, they bring like- them in for a meeting and go, Hey, you know what, Drake, you know, the, the, uh, you know, we appreciate that you like volunteering for your church and that, you know, human trafficking ministry is a passion of yours? Maybe don't wear the NXT shirt. Maybe don't play footsie with QAnon conspiracy stuff of of that nature. And then it's like, why is management being so oppressive of my beliefs? You know, that kind of thing. I I just you know.
2: Yeah, right. I, yeah, that that's the other thing too. I, I mean, I think there is a missing beat here. Um, you know, I I I know the QAnon stuff is the most. Salacious, uh, you know, I for those of us who do not uh believe that there's anything too cute on, it's always a fascinating one. But there are much more sort of like tangible things uh of like, hey, you do go to these meetings and you sort of like make it clear that a big part of your identity is that you work yes. for our company. So you are inherently at all these things dragging us into the mix, and like perhaps you might point to a performer like Cedric Alexander wearing a Black Lives Matter band in the ring, but it's it's not a one to one ratio either. Like Cedric Alexander putting BLM on a band on his arm is far different than you being like the public face in some of these QAnon forums as like the NXT WWE guy. Um, Yeah, so I, I think this is much putting management in a undesirable position as it is uh anything else uh, but we have other we have other Yeah, no I was about to transition. No, 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 no 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 for no no for sure i just i like i wanted to give the drake words i mean look there's been a lot of stories around this guy for the last several months here um i i think that people were interested to see how the company was going to handle this situation uh and I think they let it go on a little too long, but like ultimately in the end, it's good, just like Velveteen Dream. I, actually, it's very much like Velveteen Dream. This is a situation that went on probably several months longer than it needed to go on, given that you had enough information on hand um, to make a decision one way or another. And nothing substantially changed in the case of Drake Works or Velveteen Dream from, let's say, March to now. Uh, the most yeah.
3: curious case for me personally is that of Vanessa Bourne. Originally penciled in, I believe, to go up to the main roster last January after the Rumble.
2: I thought she was, was officially on the main roster. I thought it was like it was beyond a penciling in. It was like Vanessa Bourne is on the main roster.
3: I don't know. <laughs> and the people I talk to don't know really either. Spent most of COVID out in Scottsdale with her family, but then later was traveling to Texas for audition. Never was didn't appear to ever be in Orlando for tapings. Uh a number of projects were pitched in terms of other things. Apparently, Paul Heyman back in the day really wanted her. She was one of those names, so that might have had a lot to do with why she was never put on TV after Paul Heyman was taken off of the Raw uh, Creative. Um, you know, that. Not a great wrestler, but a great look, as they say. Um, she could have absolutely she could have been survived on a the main roster. Base. She could have survived on the main roster.
2: Yeah, a, a manager. I, I think it's unfortunate that her <laughs> career up till now in wrestling has not really played to her strength. Pitched as um, a
3: manager at no. one point and uh, rejected by yeah, the talent uh, that it was pitched to.
2: So. I'll tell you what though, there's a rehabilitation circuit if she wants yes. to go that route of like doing like NWA, doing like impact stuff where you have a little bit more creative control of your presentation as a character. You can kind of hit the reset button. Um, she could go to AEW and be a a perfectly good manager and occasional performer type of person. Um, I, I think that there is still a spot for her. And I never thought that in-ring performer was necessarily the best utilization of what Vanessa Bourne had to offer either. So, you know, I would um, rather, I would I, rather I, she was
3: the manager. Like I would rather that. she, she'd be the manager uh, than Vicky Guerrero. Be honest with you. I think she brings more to the table than Vicky Guerrero as a manager. Be honest.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually can name a number of managers that I think Vanessa Bourne, you know, is, better would be a better fit or like add more yes. to the act at yeah. this point. Uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't think Molina as a manager is necessarily turning in like top level performances these days. Um, at just to name one Jake Roberts, uh, not, not, I don't <laughs> yeah i mean like or like you could you could see the acclaim I like vanessa born slotted in with the acclaim i think you know would, would actually be, be fun. a fun like addition. that would be fun yeah I, I, <laughs> yeah i think she could be a really fun addition to that uh, act so yeah no i i just i see like i do see potential for her too. Um, on me
3: so much <laughs> i really like them um
2: bowens bowens uh his little brief promo this week i like i was like okay i see i see where he fits in and you know i've i've been up on max castor i'm I drive the Max Caster bandwagon. I don't like in the internet wrestling community, I drive the bandwagon (laughs) on Max Caster.
3: Uh, Not surprising, but still to me kind of tragic because of how underrated he was. Alexander Wolf, straight off of getting a beat down from Imperium, given his walking papers, uh, that guy made that first War Games match pop. And even if it was accidental in many ways, uh, getting cut in the back of the head. But he was throwing some suplexes in that match, and I loved it. I, I liked kind of the instability of the Alexander Wolf character. I had kind of hoped they had brought that to Imperium as kind of him being the shady guy in Imperium who really wasn't in on the, uh, the Matt as Sacred thing, but was just kind of joining to beat people up. Uh,
2: I liked him in San... Oh, and he liked winning. Yeah, yeah. I liked the idea of him as just the absolute yeah. opportunist willing to put on the suit because the suit meant winning. Um, no this is very disappointing I think that i if I was wwe um you extend him for at least another month or two months just to wrap up the imperium angle um to get your maximum play out of that i think where they had written wolf at this point there was some intrigue as to like the dane and wolf interplay again um was wolf going to get redeemed and you know to your point wolf is an in-ring performer he's good um he's not like a main event guy but like Good mechanics, steady hand—you know all, all the. I, I don't mean them as backhanded compliments. Like this is the type of guy that the guys you want to build up have great matches with, and it makes them look like a million bucks. Um, like I think Wolf has a real spot in the biz, and um, it's a shame. I don't feel like he's. For a guy who I don't see as a main event guy or even as a champion, I also feel like he was somehow underutilized. I do too. I
3: think he you know what? I think I think he was great in NXT UK. I gotta be honest with you, I'd put him I would have sent him back. If they didn't want to use him on the States, send him back to NXT UK. That 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 angle with him and Teoman
2: would be a very fun tag team together.
3: Or even, you know, (laughs) have have Ilya destroy him again. I, I I liked that interplay between the two of them. I think they were
2: great oh no yeah they are great together no i wolf is just he's a very underrated like he's a sneaky good guy uh in the ring and you just you don't necessarily see it because the character's haphazard looking and he's not like a look Mm -hmm. guy um but like those german suplexes all of his working clotheslines and punches um his ability to give and take like he he looks good when he's on offense he looks good when he's selling I, I, mad respect for Alexander Wolf, and I hope they land on his. And fail.
3: then Velveteen Dream.
2: Oh, oh, Patrick. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, everything I just said about Alexander Wolf, take it and slice it into a quarter for Velveteen Dream at most. Uh, the guy, look, he had a look. He. Uh, was kind of an okay character act, I suppose. Um, he was mad over,
3: Chris. Let, let's not slight that. He was no. hugely over in He was really over. He over-delivered in big matches against like Dargano and Ciampa. But he, nev- that but is he never true. got to that next gear in terms of in-ring storytelling. He didn't time. really know how to call yes. a match
2: like that. All of his matches were formatted around working legacy spots. And so, like, you're right. He was mad over. However, his everything up to the match was up here, and the match was always down here. Um, You're right. You're right. He over-delivered. However, like, he over-delivered on low expectations in those Gargano and Ciampa matches. We were expecting some growth. He looks good. But then he also plateaued. He, he discovered the, I'm going to do the Macho Man yes. spot. I'm going to do the Hogan spot. He became, he became spot. a tribute band. I'm he, became do a the cover, he became spot. a cover band. He yeah. was doing covers of 1988, and he never actually developed his own match style. He had the noodle punches, the big old noodle, <laughs> the wet noodle punches. Um, like, his kicks and his physicality lacked um, he didn't necessarily build up the body the way he needed to build up the body. High spots were good, but sometimes nudely as well. Um, you're right, though. On the top of the ramp, at the top of the entranceway, when the music's on, Teen Dream. And they slide out the couch with the babes, and he's out there looking like a million bucks. He looks like a main event act. But then there's one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet. What well, we all mentioned he's kind of a jerk. Beyond creep. kind of a jerk, a little bit creep. of a monster. Kind creep. of a creep. Uh, <laughs> likes the youngies. A uh, bit of a rape guy, as I like to call them. Rape guy, all one word. Not necessarily two words separated apart. He's a creeper. We don't like these type of people, and this guy needs to be gone from the yes, business. Yes, if
3: you get drunk or high, as uh, <laughs> as it has been rumored that Velveteen Dream liked some of the harder substances, if, uh, don't go on the internet and and slide into the DMs, especially uh, the DMs of someone... Uh, Less than 18, shall we say, to be
2: You know, yeah, it's it's not even about sliding into the DMs and having a documentary evidence of it. Just don't don't do it. it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. You 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 like actually don't have to date teenagers. (laughs) You can date people your own age. I I don't think a a guy like
3: Patrick Clark has a hard time getting women, especially as I believe he dated Kathy Kelly at one point. I think he's I think there's a Rolodex, <laughs> possibly of people on the phone.
2: Just scroll through. It's not, the, the, these there are there's like a litany of people. I'm not gonna get lost in the weeds here. There are a litany of people with allegations, sort of like this. And like the thing that always goes through my mind is, you dudes make like well over $50,000, 60000 a year. How hard is it for you to go to a nightclub or a bar and meet someone your own age the normal way and not be a creeper going out with an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old as a 30-something or like late 20-something-year-old guy?
3: Uh, I believe he's he's, not, he's barely mid-20s. I think he was like 19 percent. Don't quote me. He's, he's younger than you think, you
2: know, I, I mean, like, I remember the, the tough enough thing. Cause like, I actually did the closed captioning for that, that particular tough enough series. Like I, I was, I was very much on the Patrick Clark journey uh, with this kid. And so like, I was kind of rooting for him, but like, you know, look, sometimes power um corrupts people um, and is not necessarily like political power. Power can just sometimes be status and money. And Patrick Clark seems like the type of person whose character was sort of really revealed um, by even a modest amount of power here. Uh, and uh, it's uh, un- unfortunate. Beyond unfortunate, it's gross.
3: Jumping over to other news, The Miz tore his ACL at WrestleMania backlash in that zombie match.
2: I thought he worked safe, Jeff.
3: Look, I, I'm not going to take that. Uh, I, I hate that perspective i gotta be honest i I'm, I'm really angry at that's just a that's I, no, a joke I understand. about i understood it but people trauma. were making that as you know oh i thought he worked safe when he talked about daniel Bryan four years ago okay miss is in his he's and in his
2: was, 40s like the context of a work shoot yeah yeah it, it was a joke also yeah you're right like acls and stuff like that they just they, they go. go if you um, if you
3: keep doing go. that you know over and at, at his age and look Vince used to get rid of people at thirty-five, thinking they were too old. Miz is in his forties now; still looks good. Still, you know, does the safe style. It's just these things happen in wrestling. So, to, to oh, he's unsafe. That's why he tore his ACL. There were people seriously saying stuff, and I'm just like, shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this could be. No, this could be I mean, for even peace.
2: even the safe style is still. Even the safe style is sometimes like mm-hmm. physical. Um, you're still tumbling out of the ring um you know like like just even like kind of small stuff like that you know you land the wrong way you tweak your ankle or whatever you have a series of small nagging injuries that you've been mildly favoring this way and that way for a minute and you never actually got surgical work on it but the favoring this way and that way also makes you a little weeble wobbly and maybe makes that acl or mcl a little less stable than it ought to be you're getting up there in age over the age of like 35 40 um and yeah, like that you know, ACL tear is not unheard of. I don't know. He might be back. He might not be back. I I don't think he. I don't necessarily think he cares either way. I mean, I'm like, look, he got. I a, think he cares. He got a thank you title run just I think this he year.
3: Cares, you- but here, here's here's the good news for Miz. Number one, you have a built in story now for your next season of your reality show.
2: That's true. Uh
3: he is in his forties. Don't know. You know. <laughs> I know he wants to go till he's 50, but, you know, time passes. But he also probably has a job for life in commentary if he wants it. WWE commentary where he
2: says all the right things. And yeah, or as general manager of the Miz. I mean, like this, this is a guy who has secured for himself a lifetime of work on WWE television. And it'll probably be increasingly out of the ring. Um, But yeah, no, I, I think he'll... I think he is on a sunset program because he's not, he's not John Cena. Actually, in a way, he is Vince's dream creation. A guy big enough to have a TV show, but not big enough to be a standalone brand and entity. So he always needs WWE <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a shoulder to lean I, I mean, on. I'm going to cut to you off on
3: the He's not John Cena because he also does movies, although Cena's now getting much more uh, high recognition movies. He does, right. he does. He does. He does a water, a water obstacle course show. <laughs> I'm like he's he's almost John Cena,
2: but not quite John Cena. <laughs> no, no, but like Cena can Cena has also done yes. bigger movies yes. than the Miz ever has. Yeah, and and, and Cena is a bet is a better known yes. name. Cena is a meme. Um, like, and his name is John Cena. Like, like, no, there's no. Yeah, no, no. no I, I agree. It was um, just the Miz to to see status. Wipeout and, is
3: much better, err though. Whatever Miz's show is, Cannonball is much better than Wipe. Tell you that. Right
2: <laughs> yeah, I I I believe that, but also the other thing is Cena is also just a more yes. dynamic yes, he personality yeah. on TV too. Yeah, no, I I mean, I've seen the promos for both, but Cena's interplay with his co-star um, I don't know her name. It doesn't really matter at this point for what I'm talking about here. But his interplay with her, with his co-star, just seems like bigger, pops off your screen a little bit more than the Miz's interplay with his co-star, where they kind of just they just kind of yeah. There. One's an,
3: one's um, an so improv comic, one's a radio yeah. person. So yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and so what I'm saying is that like I I do think um that Miz will just he's going to be protected very very well by this company a long time and he's good to your point he's good politically if he ever gets on commentary he's not a guy who's going to freelance or make waves um he knows where his bread's buttered, unlike a guy like Pat McAfee, who what I enjoy about him on commentary is that Pat like doesn't really need the this job, so he's like the danger aspect the, that he doesn't yeah. need. This. He's taking the notes, he's taking the notes, and he's listening, but he's also kind of like gonna just do his own thing, and that's what yes, makes this thing yes. great. I, I love yeah. the. I still want to have my fun, even though I'm doing my job. I'm doing my thing. Yeah, I'm getting my yeah. shit in. <laughs>
3: Uh, WWE yeah. announced its first three shows in July. Friday, July 16th, episode of SmackDown will take place at Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. This year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view will be held at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worthless, Texas. And on Sunday, July 18th, the post Money in the Bank episode of Raw will take place at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Tejas. On Monday, July 9th in the road
2: baby nova cross texas we're going to all the places oh, between between um,
3: AEW and WWE Texas wrestling is back
2: Bro, I think that Texas is gonna have an inordinate amount of shows here over the next like 12 <laughs> months. I like I they they are going to they are going to work Texas dry. Lanza and I are gonna be like, no more wrestling. Please stop coming to Texas. Please like go to Oklahoma, go elsewhere. Please go away. Can I interest um,
3: you in any of those shows for WWE? AEW? Oh, okay. Yes.
2: I, no, the WWE ones, honestly, no. Um, like, look, I watch this on TV. Um that. was a visit Money I mean, okay, Bank. SmackDown. I go and visit <laughs> SmackDown. I go and visit our friends. Um, I mean, you know, like part of it, dude, is I, you know, I, I could always make a call or two if I really wanted to go. Yeah, that's true. The shows Money in the yeah, Bank yeah, might be um, fun. Uh, Money in the Bank might, might be I, actually okay. So I've seen, I've now seen Hell in a Cell live, WrestleMania live. Um, I think I've seen Money in the Bank live. Um, and you're and you're right. Of of all the shows, I mean, look, the latter matches ones are great. Because if you're in a crowd, you can definitely see the ladder action in the big ladder spots or whatever. Hell in a Cell, like I'm sure people have heard this before. Uh, hell in the Cell kind of does stink because you're behind the cell. However, in my case, I got to watch that ridiculous Bray Wyatt hologram finish in person. So it was actually <laughs> worth it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's yeah, I had no idea what the hell was going on. that the on, one with was the, the wrong child? Angle. Is that the one with Jameson's
3: kid? Yeah, okay. That kid was Jameson's son. Jameson from the. Heathens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one last piece before we go into other news from other companies. Uh, Mike Speedball Bailey and WWE are apparently in negotiations. Uh, WWE will get his visa and red tape issues cleaned up. I am not for this move at all because I think. Why not? I love. I love Speedball Bailey. One of my favorite parts of PWG shows. Back in the mid-aughts, I would say. Or not mid-aughts, but mid-tens. He has Jake Atlas Part 2 slash 205 Live written all over him, Chris. He's going to do... He's, or, Who's Jake Atlas? Uh, he, he's that guy on NXT who... Uh, what's,
2: what's a Jake yeah, Atlas? exactly.
3: He's yeah. smaller. He's a flippy-do guy. And every time I see a flippy-do guy now, it's like, how's he going to flip to take an RKO? and kill his career because that's all it is man i just i think he'd be best served in an roh or an mlw or maybe an aew but i mean they already have kind of an ironic favorite and if orange Cassidy was on aew i would tell speedball bailey go to aew and work that karate kid gimmick to the nub because it would it would be mad over but
2: Look, AEW has enough television to fill up at this point that they do need lower mid card guys and like you know maybe go and work the Karate Kid gimmick and work your way up the ladder. Cassie's at the top of the ladder right now. Um, they they need you know we are gonna move to AEW. I think they're gonna need Friday Night Stars. You know what I mean? Like I think they're ultimately going to need to make some more stars and have some stars on a specific night to keep eyes on those shows.
3: Speaking of which, AEW moving to TBS in 2022. The main show Dynamite will continue to run 8 to 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. AEW received an eight-figure fee increase to move the show. How? Since the prior contract call for it being on TNT through the end of 2023. It is believed the new deal for the complete package will not, was not extended from the original deal. Rampage, the second show, will debut on Friday nights from 10 to 11 p.m. on TNT on... August 13th, and will also be moved to TBS in January. Rampage will generally be taped on Wednesday nights, but there will be special Friday night live tapings on pay-per-view weeks. Here's they will run the city. They are doing the pay-per-view in, for example, on November 5th. It was already announced for a taping at the Chavitz Center in St. Louis and Full Gear will be in the same building on November 6th. Right now, the plan is a mix of all tapings for Dynamite, Rampage, Dark Elevation, and Dark Some Weeks being on Wednesdays and some weeks splitting up tapings on Wednesdays and Fridays. In addition, AEW will remain on TNT for four special events per year, said to be formats similar to WCW's old Clash of the Champions or Saturday Night's Main Events, which when it was a big deal in the 80s. Since WWE owns the Clash of the Champions name, the live specials will give the company four new destination dates per year and will have another name. Incidental Thoughts and then i'll go into buy.
2: yeah i mean okay so it's like it's complicated um obviously you say things like they're getting an eight million or an eight figure increase to move the brand over to tbs and they're getting another hour and like some of these top line things are very good things however you invoked wcw and when i heard about rampage the first word that popped in my brain was thunder uh, I immediately thought of okay, AEW is starting to have a WCW Thunder problem where you have so many friggin' hours of television. There is going to be an oversaturation issue. Um, are you gonna watch Elevation? Are you watching Elevation Dark? Are you watching Rampage? Um, obviously you're gonna watch Dynamite. But but another problem is that like AEW is now going to feel some onus to put. Um, additional content on this additional what? Uh, uh, Elevation, Elevation, Dark, and Rampage combined up for three additional hours of TV a week, right? Or is it four? Is Elevation two hours or one? Hour? Uh, I believe it's two. Okay, so you have four additional hours of TV beyond Dynamite. So you have either this issue of is Dynamite canon, and do I, as a regular casual AEW person, only need to watch Dynamite to know what the hell's going on in this show? Or are you starting to make AEW a WWE-like experience where I am mandated to plow through six hours of AEW content every week to have a have a sense of what's going on, or at absolute minimum, at least do Wednesday night and then also Friday night as well? Um, I, I get why Tony Khan, on one level, looked at the, I don't want to expand out, dynamite to three hours thing because I don't want to have the Monday night raw problem on my hands, but I think he's created another problem for himself in saying, I don't want to do the raw model. I want to do the thunder model.
3: My first thought was NWA main event, which premiered on or not the power hour. Something was a Friday night show that the NWA WCW did where the, where the hook was, you'll be able to see main events from arenas that you would not be able to see on TV. And then the ratings started to crater and it would get preempted occasionally, I think by Braves baseball or something. And then eventually it just became just another show with squash matches filmed from Disney. And I hated the Disney look and the, and the center stage stage and all those other just vapid soulless arena type setups that WCW had in the day. If you remember those, um, I also think my first reaction to this was TNT wants wrestling off of them to rebrand themselves as a harder, quote unquote, sports network with the NHL contract.
2: Now, and I think that kind of hurts wrestling, too. I think wrestling is at its best um, and finds its casual audience in the easiest way when it's the thing that's right after hard sports. So you watch hockey and then after hockey wrestling's on and you just kind of hockey as the lead into wrestling is actually a great lead in for wrestling because the same dudes who are watching hockey might actually keep a blood and guts match on. If it's the first thing that leads off dynamite. Now, I know a
3: lot of people pooed this um, actually the second half. Not, the first half of this to me was, well, maybe somebody whispered, you know, tbs and wrestling are synonymous so let's put it there and that sounds like something that maybe cody might bring up uh, but i i do think that there is something to associating one channel with your product much like usa and wwe are are linked i i don't like the idea of doing the clash things on tnt while keeping the regular builds on tbs i
2: i get the is it the implication that TNT is better than TBS? Yes. Like, like just that model. It seems like the conceit here, and you can put the dollar tag on it and explain to me all the other reasons why going to TBS is good. But when you say, we're moving you to TBS, but we're still going to give you four specials on TNT, the implication is what you'd really want to be is still on yeah. TNT. And I do uh, think, I yeah, think, T- I you think know,
3: TNT has been a more prestigious network, number one mostly since they did the external. And now I think it's more of an internal policy of TBS is the comedy channel. TNT is the drama channel. Like TNT always had the NBA on there for a number of years, even before that rebranding type of thing. But to me, I think TNT is a more prestigious network now than TBS. And I know people go, well, it's all the same brand. It's all Turner. It's about brand extension, blah, 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 blah. There is a certain comfort level in
2: okay and if you believe that okay if you believe that did aew maybe make their own bed here over the last year with some of the wacky zany comedy instead of biasing towards a more serious model that's possible um that maybe- is that is
3: entirely possible yeah may-
2: but i i it, maybe AEW would still be on TNT if they had rolled out like a more serious hard sport presentation. But like the we're going to have Orange Cassidy fall into, you know, orange juice sort of stuff and Pratt falling as like they're getting sprayed with champagne or orange juice or cream soda or whatever the beverage is that week. <laughs> um, maybe TNT executives looked at that and we're like, "I don't know, this is TNT. This seems more like a comedy thing. Comedies where we put, T- we, we put on TBS. Well I
3: mean, you're going to have blood and gut stuff." And, and I, I, I understand that line. And I appreciate it. I, I think it's more of a bigger wrestling's kind of embarrassing to this other stuff. And you know, it's kind of like how Fox treats SmackDown now on live reads, where Joe book, ah, here we go with the SmackDown read. Join Sasha Banks as she, you know, that kind of thing where, where they're going to, where they'd have to do it. Like Marv Albert was a pro doing live AEW reads. Other people on, on the TNT broadcast, not so much. So you could stick it over to TBS where I don't think they do Braves games on TBS anymore. Do they? I, I'm not sure. I haven't watched a baseball game in, ages i'm like
2: not a braves yeah. guy it, 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 I, I actually was kind of hard anti-braves because it always annoyed me that they had their own network putting out their braves propaganda all they over were the america's country, team on the
3: superstation
2: me. trying to convince you know trying to convince me that i was supposed to like that's how i felt about the dallas cowboys before i moved to texas i was like why do you guys keep pumping this america's team propaganda down my throat i don't need Chris it not patriotic uh no uh nailed it nailed it <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I, I just I viewed it as almost an internal policy decision more than, more than hey we're gonna we're we're we're, <laughs> we're giving you the privilege of taking these great ratings you got on TNT and going over to TBS and helping to build them,
2: you know I, I I'm okay one one last thought about Rampage is um kind of like what you're saying with the NWA Power Hour I think it is always a bad thing for a wrestling brand when you have like a new extension or spinoff and that limb withers or dies or like bombs in the ratings and that sort of thing, it sort of signals to the powers that be that there is a hard ceiling of how far this AEW thing can grow. Um, So, I mean, I think look in the short term, the contract is good. Um, In the long term, I think that they really need to assess how they are writing these six hours of television every week. Uh, to make an engaging viewer product. Because, like you know, for the logistics of this show, great great illustration of this. At this point, you and I have had absolutely no talk about including Elevation or Elevation Dark into our weekly digest of kind of required stuff that we're going to cover here on Shake Them Ropes. Nor would we because not enough plot moves through them right now. And if Rampage is like that as well... What is, like, why? Like, why have three additional shows that are, like, things that, like, even wrestling reviewers go, like, I don't need to watch this. um I don't feel that way about Dynamite, obviously, uh, but I do feel that way about the other All extensions. All these things
3: were counter-programmed to make you want to have a time sync with AEW, much in the same way WWE wants you to have a time sync with them. That, that's the only thing I see. Because the people who watch Dark don't want to watch Raw, or don't want to watch NXT, or whatever. So, I mean... That, that to me, is the strategy there. I don't agree with it, and <laughs> you have to start paying me, kids, if you want me to watch all that wrestling, because <laughs> there's only yeah, so no, many hours I, in a day I, I mean, day I, I can't do that.
2: Yeah, no, th- at that point, it really becomes work. Um, And so, yeah, no, if I if I had to review those, I mean, I think we would we would pay all those, just because it's, like, so much additional... It's a lot of lemon squeezing for not a lot of juice. Man, we're not Joe Lanza. Um, so... We don't have
3: that no-show mob job that... Uh...
2: yeah like okay so like i'm not working for an italian restaurant that's a mafia front um so i I don't have that issue i have i actually have to go to my
3: job (laughs) because we care but he loves the sopranos way too much uh give a shout out to our sponsor by bookie.ag baseball and basketball are long those seasons are long baseball lasts more than a year Really? There's 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 like three hundred and sixty five days a year and baseball season lasts two thousand days.
2: Yeah, no, it goes oh, on for three hundred and eighty-eight. I don't understand how that works. And up and
3: with up to four hundred potential matches a month, you can make each and every one matter by having skin in the game with mybookie.ag. Whether you're placing a wager on your favorite team player or just looking for kicks, my bookie gives you the best odds and tons of options to make all your favorite sports a hell of a lot more exciting. And bet on the NBA playoffs, which are currently going on right now. The NHL playoffs, if you're a hockey nut, you know, take advantage of odds on, you know, uh, what's the third? Oh, the pre- the Belmont, I think, is next. Or no, the Preakness is next. What- whatever horse and the Triple Crown thing's coming up. Or just hit up the My Bookie Casino for the full-fledged experience where weekly blackjack tournaments give you and your friends a crack at prize pools up to $50,000. Did you say slapjack no, tournaments? No, I said blackjack tournaments. Slapjack tournaments oh, okay. are where you sit back and cater and, and play uh, catering and play cards for. Uh... How, dare
2: <laughs> How dare you? you
3: uh, But yes, blackjack tournaments, which give you and your friends a crack at price, pools up to 50 grand. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use our promo code Ropes, R-O-P-E-S, to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. So use our promo code Ropes, R-O-P-E-S, to get that free deposit bonus. Start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With my bookie, and we thank my bookie for their sponsorship. Yeah, I <laughs> slapjack tournaments. Uh, there is a card game called. There is gotta a, get, no, no, gotta no. Get no, my but, weekly well, there, is, there, there is a card game called slapjack, as you are aware, a kids game. Yeah, there, yeah, there is. So there you is. can do slapjack yeah. tournaments back in catering while while you're wondering what they're gonna do with Shane Thorne and Mia Yim. Over on... Uh...
2: He should put a card on his mask, like the Ace of Spades or No, something. it would be the
3: Jack of Spades, because that's Slapjack. That's true. And then he'd enter the yeah. ring, and guys would whack him on the head for the one, two, three. They go
2: strong style. <laughs> no, bro, like, his new gimmick is he goes strong style, but he wears the mask, so, like, it hurts your hand every time you slap him, and then he just waylays you. <laughs> Stop no, it's this. great, dude. He'd be basically... He'd be like Oneida. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh Nina you mean? Yeah, either one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ratings news interesting in some ways, maybe not so much. AEW Dynamite averaged 821,000 viewers on TNT, down 12.3% from last week. It's the lowest viewership of the show since April 7th. Last night, uh, uh the last night NXT aired directly opposite them. NXT on the other hand, 700,000 viewers, .15 in the 18 to 49 demo and point Zero seven and 18 to 34 some say it was the NBA playoffs, but the Lakers game did not start until after aew Dynamite, so uh a little disappointing, but there's the ebb and flow of wrestling, I guess, in that uh one point there's there about 1.5 like, million it, viewers of wrestling, and they're not coming over to each other's shows it appears.
2: No, I I mean that like that's the problem, or even more alarming, I, I, which I'm starting to think is there's maybe about one million. It might be brand. Wrestling. It might
3: be brand loyalty, and they're watching the shows yeah. on YouTube as opposed to watching NXT, and then the people who watch WWE just take the night off on Wednesdays.
2: And I also just want to see like baseline stuff, like you know what what is the lift from the baseline? Because I I, I think like. I think we get too hung up on like 700,000, 800,000, 900,000 or I whatever. Agree. And what we should start looking. No, I think what we should start looking at is more like, okay, what's the lead in? How much is this an up from the lead in? Um, Like how much would that look like above replacement I, or whatever? And like, it, I don't you know. think
3: the lead in matters.
2: And I'll tell you why. Because it's always. Well, I'm just, I want to figure out what the baseline it's is. It's always. Is I'm, saying. I, I'm not, I, I don't. You know The, yeah, 800th, I don't think the 800th showing of Kong Skull Island or. Law- I'm just asking how many people have their TV on Kong Skull Island as okay. we go into okay. the show. I'm trying to figure out how much of this is just I leave USA on all day. I like watching Monk um or like you know Law I and like Order, watching uh,
3: you know, whatever.
2: Yeah, reruns of Thunder in Paradise. I don't know what they show on TNT. Um like w- whatever they I they should they should show they should bring no, back Thunder. No, they should and Paradise. never do that. Yeah.
3: That show is terrible. Yeah.
2: Okay, fine. Whatever. You're a hater. I am a hater. You're a hater. <laughs> It okay yeah terrible. like what, what did hulk hogan ever do that was so wrestling warm? okay that's what he, did. <laughs>
3: yeah. that's what, he was terrible <laughs> in everything he did in wrestling that's what he did
2: and outside of wrestling well, largely also the, also uh, the racial
3: yeah. stuff but yes i get that uh, no
2: i know no, but also his conduct as a businessman yeah. too uh no i i feel like the Pasta- joke sort of answers
3: itself that against him yeah.
2: Pasta- okay possibly Pasta- okay, is Pasta- probably one of the best things that he did uh but but anyways uh l- let us move on. Sex tapes. He's not a good guy, Jeff. Don't bring back Thunder in Paradise. Fine. We've killed, we killed the joke.
3: Deadspin. That was fun. Um, <laughs> Will, over in New Japan, Will Ospreay has vacated the IWGP heavyweight title due to neck issues. Combine that with COVID, Chris. New Japan is, a, uh, is in a little bit of uh, trouble right now.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's more than just COVID, right? Like, it's building up the stars of tomorrow. Uh, New Japan is not as hot as they were eight years ago. Um, it's not 2013 anymore. Um, a lot of what ha- helped New Japan have its kind of bigger appeal has been brought over to the AEW roster and is now on AEW every week. New Japan, in doing the forbidden door model, um And kind of playing coy with how much interplay they're going to have with American promotions and that sort of thing here over the last several years when their stock was a little bit higher is now kind of biting them in the ass Uh, now that their stock's a little bit lower because like, you know, yeah, you could you could send people over here Um, and pro- if they want to jumpstart things, that's probably what they're going to have to do. But you still have to strike a happy medium of, like, sending people over here, still running shows in, like, Corkin Hall and in the Tokyo Dome and that sort of thing, building up Stars of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, no, I, I, they've... For the first time in a long time, it feels like New Japan really needs to, like, hit the reboot button. And it, it's interesting to see, like, this really... I, I feel like the, the high era of the last decade had been over for a minute. But this really feels like, you know, clear line of delineation. Like we are the glory days of 2013 to 2015. They gone now. Um, We we are moving on.
3: Finally, what is kind of interesting to me, and we don't talk about this company much, but Don Callis is no longer a vice president with Impact Wrestling slash Anthem Entertainment. will continue as an on-air personality with Kenny Omega. Now, the reason why this interests me is, number one, he and Kevin Kelly were probably the best Uh, commentary duo going at the time that he took this position with impact wrestling and also i i just don't see the kenny omega thing having legs needing a heel manager for a long time because i think eventually they're going to turn them baby face so i wonder what happens to don callis after this does he go to eight full time which already has far too many broadcasters i mean it's it's the it's and too many it's managers. The front, yes, and too it's many the broadcasting managers. booth from the naked gun. You know, where they just have all the everybody from every sport in the booth at one point. But yeah, it looks like uh Don Callis may not uh may not be long for Impact after the contract runs out. So I, I found that interesting and I added it to the rundown.
2: Yeah, um do we any reason why uh he is no longer with impact uh, no or, reason, or do we have no any reason yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was just I wanted to know that before I kinda of started to expound too much further. Um, look, uh this is the tricky thing with doing a multi brand, I'm gonna collect all the belts sort of angle. Uh you wanna make sure that all the politics are in place to actually sustain that. Um, look, uh, I I've made no secret that I'm not like in love with the Callus Omega stuff. I like Callus. I think that he has He's got a place in the biz. It's just, I, I mean,
3: of interest. Of I don't interest know. To this,
2: you, this, we had a deal with Omega. Didn't really help impact a whole lot of, up till now, right? Yeah. It just actually felt more like it's been siphoning talent away from Impact. And if you're into Impact, why not just go and watch AEW every week?
3: Well, it's siphon so it siphoned the good away. It's siphoned i okay look carl anderson I love carl was, anderson was, I, I, I like Callum. he was good at one point i don't like I, the good it, brothers it, act i just it's it's
2: no no like as a tag team they stink I, I wish anderson was doing a solo thing
3: but uh but it's an interesting uh segue because on the uh voices of wrestling discord for fans uh there or is this slack i think it's slack one of the two uh there is a shake them ropes channel we had a question i hope i
2: don't butcher your uh, oh my god wait we wait we have a, we have fans a slack and a has, question uh,
3: velke this is like the hat trick
2: yeah. you know i i watch some hockey
3: uh, Braka, i believe is how you say that. uh i'd like you to ask chris next time if he changed his opinion about kenny omega as a champion which is a thing he wanted to be a thing from the start of aew instead of jericho because it was the things he and others criticized about aew i think omega is better as a chaser Also, the pause at the end of Chris is starting telling the joke. That was a great chef's kiss. Nice throwback to the Rob McCarran days, I believe, is why we appreciated that. But uh, yeah, Chris, do you uh, have you changed your opinion about Kenny Omega as a champion?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, this angle stinks, right? Uh, (laughs) I, I think that Kenny Omega as the champion for AEW made sense in 2019. I think it made sense in early 2020, um, you know, pre-COVID. But, you know, those were my opinions a couple of years ago. Wrestling is a dynamic product. I'm, like, not waffling on this. I want to kind of be clear here. I think that, like, even this current run of Omega could have been fine. But it got really hammy. It got really corny. And and I guess, you know, maybe the response to me, which I think would be valid, is, look, Chris, uh, Omega's always had this cornball ham shit in him. And you have to, you know, price in that any Kenny Omega title run is going to necessarily involve that. And if that's the argument, then, one, I'm starting to be persuaded of that position, and two, then I guess let's keep Kenny Omega away from titles, because, like, this ratio of comedy with with, with serious, sometimes, sometimes, but even when he's being serious, it's still got to be comedy, like when he's intimidating Orange Cassidy this week. Um, no, it's not main event stuff. Um, so I, I'm, you know, like, here's the disparity, right? Like you've got me on one side and then you've got, uh, the wrestling observer newsletter hall of fame, putting Kenny Omega up in there w- for, for his work, um, which is the real Kenny Omega. I guess that's really for everyone to decide for themselves. Um, but for me, no, I, I don't, I have changed my opinion. I don't think that, uh, I don't think he makes a good champion now. I, I but I also don't think it was necessarily um, uh, fate accompli that he was going to do a reformation of the Bullet Club, this weird gimmicky belt collector thing, the nude painting of himself and Don Callis, uh, like, you know, all the different, like, hammy crap as champion. I think there was a way for him to do this in a serious way. Also, like, I mean, who could have seen the goofy as hell exploding barbed wire death match finish coming? Um, so, you know, trying to give myself a a little bit of credit here, but yeah, no, my opinion has changed on that. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Okay. Let's, uh, let's make some editorial decisions here. Ice cold thoughts on WrestleMania backlash and then just what we liked for the week. And then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go. Uh, uh, I, I watched WrestleMania backlash live and overall I liked the show. I did. I thought it was a perfectly acceptable wrestling show. Except for the zombie, the zombie thing (laughs) ruined it. I mean, I won't say ruined it, but it really was just it was it was how how should we put you have a fantastic dish that you've made from a restaurant and then you put a scoop of dog crap on it. Now, you can't avoid the dog. Now, let me
2: ask you this. Would you have felt better if they had, you know, zigged instead of zagged here? I mean, Priest did say, I don't care if it's zombies. I don't care if it's aliens. Would you have felt better if we had gone the extraterrestrial route (laughs) and the lumberjacks were from outer space?
3: mean just a bunch of Chris Statlanders around the ring? (laughs)
2: <laughs> i mean yeah you know like no, look, it, I, I actually I mean, even just aliens from the movie I aliens took the celi- to think, the series i took that aliens. line to
3: think batista was going to be one of the uh was going to come out as one of the lumberjacks i thought if we were going to play this straight and then as soon as i saw the locker room skit on the pre-show i went oh god and of course it's going to become a zombie movie where we're both are fighting against the zombies as these brainless hordes finally stop recognizing the rules of professional wrestling and go into eat brain uh you know and and then they ate one of the people on there it's not true
2: i mean but but honestly credit to the officiating in that match up until that point uh they did a pretty good job keeping the zombies out of the ring why did we have
3: the zombie ref from nxt to maintain
2: order with the zombie. He, he really should have been outside and like. if Okay. I'm sorry. If you're going to do this, go <laughs> yes. all the way. You have the real human referee trying to coordinate with the zombie referee. Like have the zombie referee eat the human referee for a spot, uh, to allow for like interference. I was I hoping mean, for zombie dance it,
3: break with like the thriller theme. And then maybe LaParka comes out with a chair, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah, I understood it. I I didn't. I wasn't as negative as a lot of other people because I go, this is product placement. This is cross branding garbage. But but it also doesn't make people.
2: And it's a nothing match. It's a nothing match. Like like you know, the Miz is the Miz. Uh, John Morrison is John Morrison. Yes. Uh, yes, you're trying to build Damian Priest, you can clearly move him on from this, this is not the end of Damian Priest by anything, it's cross promotional, so you are fulfilling business and contractual obligations, and the match had no stakes. This is not it's if it was Cesaro versus Roman Reigns with zombie lumberjacks. I would be like on here going like this is the most ridiculous thing I've seen on this show in at least two years. Um, But like this is it it makes me think professional
3: wrestling is stupid in a way that other TV shows can't get away with doing things like this or can get away with doing things like this. Like you'd have like weird spooky episodes of like Roseanne. Or Star Trek when they do the holodeck stuff and they're in the uh, time of Sherlock Holmes and dumb
2: things or, like that. Or like in the original series where they land on a planet of Nazis. Yes. Like you know, yeah, I mean like with ridiculous premises. Um, but yeah, no, for I mean the other thing is the the tension is wrestling is obviously you know, it exists in this sports it's world. camp. And it's so camp like too. Yeah. 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 And 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 this is pure camp. And so I, I think like that, that's why this doesn't necessarily always kind of merge together or marry together. So well, uh,
3: other than that though, I mean, even the pre-show match between Ricochet and Sheamus, they basically re-ran on Raw the next night. Very good. The women had a very good night. I thought between the triple threat with Oscar, uh Rhea Ripley and Charlotte who is now, look, but we're not going go to go a lot into Monday cause that's not stuff I like, but. Charlotte is wrestling. Like she has a chip on her shoulder and I'm kind of digging it. Chris. I mean, she's, she's wrestling and in terms of just, just how she's presenting herself out there. I like, and, and look,
2: it seems like she can move a little bit better right now. Um, it, it seems like, uh, you know, kind of some of the changes she's made here over the last couple few years here, uh, specifically in the last year or two have really helped her with her mobility. Um, I think that that that's helping her in the ring. I mean, at least from what I'm. And look, well,
3: you know, we are fans of the show here of Aunt Pam. Well, Bailey has had a very good week. I think. She. She even got kudos from said wrestling observer about the match with Bianca Belair, how she how she paced it, how she was kind of, you know, taking Bianca through the paces, making her look like a million bucks throughout that whole thing. And then on Friday, I just Paulo Aziz.
2: What up? I just that crack man she's and when it it goes over to apollo paul's like yeah yeah yeah. i I mean like i i think like okay the 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 deal with apollo disease is like they need to just start like slowly dropping the kind of like the hard sell of this gimmick and like it it, i think it just needs to have a lighter presentation a little bit lighter just a
3: little bit as opposed to the serious socio-political presentation uh also on this backlash show i I thought Braun Strowman was trying things, but I mean, he tried to do a. I mean, that that big guy match, that triple threat. He did a rolling. Yes, senton he did a rolling senton that match. That was. Bonkers. Drew decides he's gonna do every flying thing in the book. Also, it's other than the, I hated, I hated the electrical spot. I did because they didn't write Bobby Lashley off of the match that way. And that has to be a, a a move.
2: No, no. An electrical spot has yes. to be an it's ender. Not, here comes Bobby Lashley. Uh, he's getting, recovered from being electrocuted. I mean. The the only way it would not be an ender is you go for the pinfall and the guy has like a jolt. Yes. Like, like, that, that's your out of a pinfall otherwise. But like getting electrocuted needs to at least be a spot where I'm able to roll the guy into the ring and get an easy, unobtruded, count and cover yes, that was preposterous um, so, yeah I, but I was a big, it was a big yeah no that was, was
3: big meaty men beating each other up and i dug that match <laughs>
2: it over delivered yes. for me i i think it's 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 over delivering for maybe the wrong reason it's over delivering because like i don't take braun Strowman seriously as a entity anymore uh because he's stupid um and we, we really played into the braun is stupid stuff um, even this angle sort of trades a little bit on the yes. brawn is stupid thing. Um, like, like it's now an actual character point of like, this guy's dumb. Um, and so frankly, when he does high risk maneuvers and he doesn't win, that also ports into the, this guy is dumb narrative, which is not a thing you want for your baby face. Uh, this guy is dumb is actually not a great baby face. Trait. My
3: favorite moment on commentary though was Bianca and, and Bailey when she slapped when Bailey's slapping. In the head, that like, oh, was for Michael Cole, oh, that was for you, McAfee. <laughs> and maybe like, yeah, totally had it coming for you, uh, there, <laughs> Cole. But I don't know what I did there. I, 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 I'm liking the little heel inflections that McAfee's putting on this.
2: McAfee is good as a heel commentator. I don't know if WWE likes him as much as you and I he, like him he with does some have of these He has a problem
3: with the hyperbola because it comes out in the uh. In the Baby Champ match, uh, the Mysterios winning the tag titles against the uh, Dirty Dogs, where he calls that, uh, calls that the Frog Splash, like, the most amazing Frog Splash. It's like, you know, you know that uh, Montez Ford is on this roster, right? <laughs> you know that, right? It was a, it was a fine Sprock, but then it eventually became the, the greatest of Dominic's career or whatever, and, and it, they fixed it.
2: Yeah, he's got a little bit of Shivani I a nice
3: moment though. I mean, they're they're starting to do those nice little moments. How do you feel about winning this title right afterwards where you know they're actually somewhat uh somewhat playing the real of the situation? I- I dig that
2: there there are a few Tamina small things um in terms of formatting that they've been doing lately that like i consider to be modest improvements it's not like show saving stuff but like for example having all of your champions at the top of the ramp at the start of the show today or, on or, Smackdown. or this week yeah, on that Smackdown. Was weird yeah yeah i i, liked oh, that. I didn't um, that like that that was weird that was weird okay like look I, I okay it was i liked it when you had Heyman come out and pull it okay. together um i thought i i mean i think i would have maybe had them all wondering why they're standing out there and then had Heyman come out and explain, like, I summoned you all out here to, you know, sort of make a statement. Um, but I like the fact that they are setting up things from week to week so that, like, you know, NXT, we now have a sense of what's coming up next week. We get that the same way with SmackDown. We've got this Jimmy and Jay thing that's wrapping around next week. We're getting a little bit more of tune into the next episode to see this going on in our serialized programming which i think is good because it's a serialized program so uh, i i think that that's good it's not show saving stuff though
3: yeah um and then you know cesaro and and roman was very very good but i never bought for a second cesaro was gonna win and that was a problem but i liked that it was
2: uh two no i have two problems one cesaro never had a chance of winning two having cesaro lose clean um, it absolutely took the intrigue away from him to try to get his heat back. This dude lost clean. Um, Roman was like, "I don't want your help, so I'm sending Jimmy to go deal with James." Uh, I love the James <laughs> tweak uh, on SmackDown. This, like, like yes, yes. Uh, small little tweaks like that, like they work though. Um, but but sending Jimmy away. And, and then having Roman go out there, wrestle a strategic match that worked a limb and winning because he did the limb work. Cesaro has absolutely no claim to the throne at this point. Um, I'm not interested in him having another match with Seth Rollins. Um, uh, I also absolutely hate this morally conflicted Seth Rollins character because I don't see how it fits into the Roman Reigns storyline, which makes me go like, where are they going with the Roman Reigns stuff and the Jimmy and Jace? Like, I don't know. I, I thought the... G- I thought... Roman's storyline was better when there was the tease that Seth is going to be incorporated into the tribe, so to speak. And that was going to be the point of tension. And now it seems like the point of tension is Rollins can't decide if he's a good person or a bad person. And like Rollins stinks as a baby face. Like he's a, he's a I agree. Um, uh, yeah. The, the,
3: I mean, this kind of is a good segue. Cause I didn't have anything else on backlash to talk about, but it's stuff. I like, okay.
2: On- I mean, like, okay. With the Cesaro stuff, I just—I mean—I think that Cesaro either needed to lose by interference from Jay, um, or like there just needed to be more ambiguity around Cesaro losing. Yeah, I'll, I'll push back um, a little
3: bit on you though, because you know how they do it—they do it that Jimmy somehow cost Cesaro the match, and oh, is Jimmy a heel or is he on Cesaro's side, or you know that kind of thing, though. So,
2: That—that's fine. Okay. No, I, I mean honestly, have it be have it run through Jimmy and Jay. Um, I think, frankly, that that storyline needed that beat. Um, I don't think the story is stronger or better off, especially given the fact that in the build up to all of this, Jeff, every single beat, every single beat down, like end of show beat down or whatever, featured tension between Jimmy having to make a deci- or James having to make a decision about Jimmy and Roman in the ring at the time. So either at that point you have james walk away from uh jimothy and uh and roman
3: you're just making up names now so stop i'm not
2: just not jimothy is a normal name lots of people are named jimothy uh so like <laughs> okay
3: no uh i'll, I'll tell you the yeah. what, what the button needs on this is that for next week and this will get us into smackdown talk a little bit because there's a little there's a couple things i liked on smackdown i think the button needs to be i i, I was really hoping when when uh When Jay went to Roman about the tag team match, that Roman would be, yeah, we got a tag team match next week, but it's going to be Jimmy and me. I'll take this one. You you sit this one out. And then that kind of that, oh, oh, Mitch and Murray are coming from downtown to talk to the boys kind of thing. It's it's that, oh, the boss is getting in to, 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 to fight with Jimmy as opposed to. As opposed to the just the regular USOs, I, I think that would have been.
2: That would actually be a really fun tweak, and maybe that is the tweak they go with this Friday. Here is that, like Roman's, like no, 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 we're all family here. I'll do the match with your brother. And and like yes, I will also I love the street profits making fun of the Usos. <laughs> like like Montez Ford making fun of the Usos was very very funny. Much that funnier was on than my I expected three things
3: I really liked about SmackDown. And then the other one, Rick Boogenhagen is now on the SmackDown roster as Rick Boogs B O O G Z I believe or G S. Play for Shinsuke took, Nakamura. Uh, hey, you,
2: we got to applaud, we got to applaud yes. McAfee. It took all the control he had to not say Boogs. Yeah, well, and, and you know you know that he wanted to call him Ricky Boogs or, or some well, variation he, remember, of it. Remember, he goes,
3: why do they call him Boogs? And Cole goes, because that's his last name. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Vince in and, the ear right And then
2: McAfee, McAfee goes, what kind of last name is that? And then, yeah, he gets corrected on it again. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, the, yeah, I know. Because
3: The McAfee troublemaking impish thing is strong and it's going to be beaten out of him one way or another, or Miz is going to be in that commentary chair.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think Miz is going to be in that commentary chair. That, that's what makes us great. Is it like every week there's just going to be a little tensione, but like McAfee's actually good at do this. We need, yeah. Do he we really need
3: is. Xavier Woods playing themes on trombone, followed by Rick Bugenhagen playing themes on guitars to distract people? That's, that's the only.
2: I don't like that. He's like good guy Elias. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's no, a good, I, I mean, that's a good. yeah. yeah yeah no i I mean that that's the problem here is that like we have the guitar playing as as established as a heel thing um look uh in in terms of the actual guitar plague i'm sure you all are expecting some sort of like some sort of like commentary on that right um his tremolo his tremolo picking is fine um shut up (laughs) hawkins no one cares about you i'm doing this for trisha and cody the real people the people i care about in this audience Uh, okay trisha cody Lasso, um but like uh, the tremolo picking fine um i i think it is people need to realize that it's much harder to play on live tv and do in-ear monitoring and play in a convincing way through in-ear monitoring and also um guitar distortion and overdrive um if you don't make it up or get like the right sound of it it always is going to have that weird fizzy like flat thing like i thought boogan tone stunk but i don't blame that on him so much as i blame that on like they they direct into his guitar probably have him on a wireless set don't actually have it running through an amp don't have that amp mic don't have like put some reverb on it guys put a little bit of delay on it make make the kid sound good because it was super dry um and so like any mistake or any flub or any like missed attack or whatever kind of stuck out Um, you know, he's got to practice a little bit more doing that live Shinsuke Nakamura entrance, if that's going to be a thing. Um, but also just don't like put the guy out there to, if he's going to be good guy, Elias, he needs to go out there and have good showings every time he plays guitar. Otherwise he's Max Payne or bad guy, Elias.
3: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, I think most people enjoy the guitar, Chris. Other than you, <laughs> it like, it's like I think the sucked. tuxedo.
2: <laughs> I think the tuxedo flying V Epiphone is, is good choice. Um, I like it. I think it looks metal. Um, use the Gibsons for the times that you need to look good. Use the Epiphones for the times that you need to hit people over the head with the guitar. Um, uh, I like the tuxedo look. Um, I like the metal guy stuff. Uh, I actually like the pairing of him and Nakamura as too. well, but. I, I think that it makes sense. I think that, uh, I also like, I think Nakamura playing around with the crown was actually kind of fun. McAfee, um, McAfee a great. the cat stuff. Yeah. Hawkins, oh, the cat geez. stuff was really great, right? Uh, didn't you Didn't you like the cat stuff? I, I was hoping you wouldn't watch so
3: that you didn't see the cat No, no, stuff. no, no, no.
2: I, I I I think it's important to watch the Brogs every week, but particularly if they have cats on it.
3: <laughs> Robert Mitchum from Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, we do programming for cats. Um... <laughs>
2: Is that an option? Are they doing wrestling? Maybe we have now? a
3: detective who plays with a string. Um. Uh, yeah. I I, I like uh, I I liked McAfee's little line. Where, man, I don't think I've ever seen Baron Corbin look that bald. <laughs> that
2: was great? I, I liked Baron Corbin's. You missed some notes. Uh, he, he, he'll
3: <laughs> of course you did.
2: Uh, other things I
3: liked. Uh, over on NXT, I think Hit Row Records has cool potential
2: B. fab just like sort of oozes cool and and the big guy i mean look, look everyone but they've established characters for everyone except, a sh- um, except everyone but a shot, but a shot. Adonis, yeah no they established a character for him he's just not going to go anywhere um but like there's, he's got the tag team with the little guy. He's a hothead. He gets himself into trouble. When, when the tag team loses, they're going to lose because of Shanti, the Shanti Adonis is a hothead and weak link. Um, that's going to help keep he's the big centric. guy strong. He's
3: centric in the Hurt business.
2: Yes. yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing, though. They're on NXT, yeah. so there might actually be a narrative payoff to this, unlike the Hurt business. Um, so. But, <laughs> but I, love uh, S- yeah. I
3: love Swerve's menacing as leader. I, I think that's really also what kind of brought it all together. I mean, you have them doing the little catchphrases about hit row, but then Swerve kind of brings it all together, kind of with that menace, and I dig that about it.
2: I think it will get particularly over to the first time, like he does, like when they kick Ashani the Adonis out of the group, is when I think it will really come together for the remaining three. Of which, I is bad, re- but like no, replace
3: him with Leon Ruff. You watch
2: oh my god that'd be like like and and essentially swerve just mad dogs leon ruff out like 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 keeps beating on leon ruff until they break him yeah yeah um that that could be interesting that could be interesting
3: uh other things i liked uh let's stick around in in nxt universe before i go into the other universe uh nxt uk i thought the uh (laughs) nxt uk was solid this week it was i watched it while you were watching smackdown because i didn't think i was gonna have a chance to do it but the uh the A Kid Tyler Bate match was pretty damn great. Rampage Brown and Wolfie had a big, mean guy match. Even though there's a little too much grappling in it, but it was
2: big. It's such an easy, watchable show every week. It's one hour. There's always like at least one good match. Um, that you, usually the prelim. There's one good prelim match, and oftentimes the main event's a pretty watchable little thing. Whether it's Mako Satomura uh Tyler Bate versus a kid uh yeah but yes no I same experience Rampage Brown versus Wolfgang fun stuff I'm into it uh and the main event fun stuff the I'm Make-O into promo it promo was Nome, good um even, yeah even Dor- dar dar. Dude, like, yeah.
3: <laughs> I hate no I'm dar with a passion because I find him just way
2: too over the top obnoxious to be taken seriously like he I, th- there was a sweet spot with him that they found it at one point, And then they took that sweet spot and like turned the gain up. And to now 10. he's honky tonk, uh, which is fine. Yes. But the, but
3: I liked the interplay with you drag it off with the, <laughs> the bathrobe and the comfort animal. And Ilya's just, Ilya's playing it a little bit too big for me, but I, I liked the interplay, the trolling there of Ilya Dragunov trying to break him. Looks like Whoop Guy might get killed next week, which I'm fine. To Teo Man. And they did a little bit of the old... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The old NXT high school. They're in the... Bra- Although it's NXT The Office. NXT UK The Office. With uh, Nathan Frazier and uh, and uh, uh, the guys, uh named Shaw Samuels.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, Frazier needs to get some W's, uh, a match against Shaw Samuels is a good one. I like Shaw Samuels. I think he, he's a good standard middle of the road. Like he's tough, a great, rent, he's type. a great
3: rent a goon. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. No, no, he's great. He's, he's, he's a good character actor in that sense.
3: Yeah. And then uh, and even, even Sam Gradwell still growing on me a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah. It look, um, I, there was nothing bad yeah. on this show this yeah. week. Yeah, I, I Oh, mean th- your there girl was one. Like...
3: We didn't even talk about that. Amal?
2: Yeah, Amal Amel beat Zia Brookside. Uh what was perplexing. It was I mean, perplexing. Look, they, they turned... Don't
3: get me wrong. It was perplexing, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, they turned to Heel. Um, they wanted to get her over. Look, she's she's rough as 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 hell. Like she still needs work. Um I think the heel thing works better for her than the baby face thing does. Um, but that's namely because the heel style requires you to work a little bit slower. And so that it kind of helps kind of cover up, uh, if you're not a baby face and you don't have that baby face speed about you, heel is the way to go. Um, and so I think that works for a male, but I don't think much else does. Um, and I'm just confused why she's beating, uh, Zia
3: Brookside. Why are you I, I beating Zaya Brookside? it. She's the only pure baby face you have left now. Given yes. some moves
2: that may yes. happen. Uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe that's forecasting uh, a Mako W here, um, perhaps. Uh, maybe Mako is the one who knocks off. Kaylee Ray. This, com- this company
3: overall just not does not like having people get behind young, cute baby faces in any brand. It's it's always we got, we got to kill that like Mansoor was hasn't been seen in two weeks on this stupid Raw show. It's it's
2: man. <laughs> Boy, like, talk about a terrible like it's it's Slapjack levels of mishandling uh with Monsort. No, the, no, uh, no. Sure. The, the, the
3: Slapjack stuff's earned. I mean, if Slapjack really wanted to, the, the problem with Slapjack right now, to get into that analysis, is he's uh, okay. not causing chaos. And he was there to cause chaos, and now he's not causing chaos. So of what use is a slapjack?
2: Oh, I think he's still got maximum utility. This is not a place. <laughs> It's not like the status quo right now in WWE is great. I, I mean, I feel like society cries out for but a he slap. He is there
3: cap. to either take over or cause chaos, and he is doing nothing. He is not doing anything. Again,
2: society society yearns. Has
3: he, has he they, taken, they, has they, he taken they, over a single table in catering? Has he taken over, like, the chicken stand? at catering? There's still
2: time. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the SummerSlam build is just beginning.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're getting that made of a push. Finally. how I become Ugandan and
2: join the army? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, joined, he joins up with commander. Lieutenant East. Slapjack.
3: Sergeant, Sergeant yes. Slapjack, yeah. Hey, where's the mask um, still with the uniform?
2: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Absolutely. Oh,
3: dear Lord, there's way too many Slapjack jokes on
2: this show. Um... Tony Storm beats Zoe Stark. Uh we're getting uh, like I don't have a problem with that. Uh I you know we need we need to keep Storm strong. I don't have a problem. Look, Storm and Stark having like a ongoing back and forthy thing right now. It's not it's not overstaying its welcome and I think it's good for Zoe Stark to have a rivalry it will if, it with it go- if we have it
3: the same the same match two more weeks in a row. Get them away from each other yes. for a no, bit. Yes. No, no,
2: no. They need to break away from each other now. Um, uh, the Frankie Monet thing. I'm very interested to see what the in ring product yeah, of Frankie Monet fr- looks like. I have, that. I have yeah. doubts. I have doubts.
3: Uh, what did you think of uh, Tony's new finisher?
2: Oh, uh, oh my God! It's so it's a it's a wild finisher. <laughs> it, uh, I had to watch it a couple throw of times to understand. D-
3: into a DDT. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, the physics on it are pretty wo- are wonky, yes. but uh, they look cool. It's a good looking move. It's just yeah. weird. And I, you know, it's one of those moves. It's like, I feel like not everyone's going to have the dexterity to take it and execute that's it fear. the way that. My yeah. fear,
3: because they do this with baby faces. When they turn your heel, they don't want you doing the baby face finisher. That always like the Bailey, the belly to Bailey only gets a two count now in heel world. So you have to have that right. heel finisher right. to make it a three, much like storm break or whatever the hell she calls her power bomb storm, storm zero. zero.
2: Yes. Well, we'll
3: only get a two count from now. On. So you need that move, other move to get get you to three. Uh yeah, NXT was okay. I think Candice is a very good comedic performer on these sketches. I just have no I mean, we have a new US champ. Great. We get the we get Gargano. No, I'm really
2: over the Indy Indy Hartwell and Dexter thing when they're like, I, "Index is back." I'm like, "No, Index needed to be over. Like, you guys ended that story. Like, it's over. Like, I don't I don't care if Indy and Dexter Loomis ever get together. We haven't seen Dexter Loomis on in a while. And like in this whole like love affair thing, we really have no sense of why Dexter loves mm-hmm. Indy so much. We haven't like, so like it's frankly just kind of weird now that he's still stalking her. And it's weird. Like, I mean, like all we're getting is Indy is crazy. And so is Dexter. I, I I just, it's not, it's not anything for me. Um, million dollar man, uh, this week was like the worst million dollar man week yeah. yet. um, uh, Jake Atlas beating Cameron Grimes okay whatever but roll like up. I hate the WWE distraction finish roll up of oh my god theme music is playing um and it, it just it's not helping Grimes right now and I don't really see like how does, does Grimes beat DiBiase does DiBiase decide that he loves Jake Atlas like how does that help Jake Atlas I, I, I don't this is overstated it's welcome it's fine for a week it was maybe okay for two, but this is not an actual angle or story, and never needed. I think to be. we
3: get Gargano getting elevated to go fight uh, Fallen Prey, and it's odd because I really liked, I really liked that hype video for the for next week's match between Finn and uh, Karrion and Cross. I thought that was very yeah, well I liked done. it too. I thought it was uh, very well.
2: No, I, I like I liked it as well. Um it's, you know, the Finn Bauer thing is just it's it's there's no belief that Bauer's going to beat carrying Cross. Um Bauer has not been putting Cross on the run lately and, and even usually that's a red herring in WWE world. So what you'd really want is Bauer coming out and having pretty dominant wins over people. Um for the next like for the last 4 to 6 weeks here in the lead up to And Hipster this. Bobby um, Fish you know. had a
3: good promo. This week too, I thought. I thought uh, that's the best yeah, promo I've heard I, from now him. We know who wronged
2: him. We know who yes. wronged him. Uh, it's you know, yeah. They, they he's established done, the wrong. He done
3: wronged Robert Bobby Fish. So uh, who yeah, framed so, Bobby no, Fish?
2: I <laughs> think that'll be uh, that'll be wrong, fun. Wrong. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I guess there maybe is going to be some sort of Red Dragon reunion at some point here. Um, that would be an interesting little inflection point as well. Cool Kyle is not cool. Um, he continues to be uncool, Kyle. He just needs to go back to like being himself. Um, sometimes you the uh, to quote Thelonious Monk, the the coolest person is the person who is like within themselves. That's like a paraphrase, but like. It, the, or the genius is the person who is most like themselves. That's the monk line. Um, like, it's same thing with the cool thing. A cool person is the person most like themselves. Um, it's the fact that they're comfortable with themselves. And this Kyle O'Reilly character does not feel like himself. Um, the music doesn't feel like Kyle O'Reilly. The swagger and the, all this. Everything feels contrived with him. Um, and he needs to find a way to be natural or just not try to be cool. Just be Legado yourself. Regato Del
3: Fantasma and the grizzled old veterans. Uh, that was a nice stiff match up until the end. I, I dug that.
2: Yeah, it sure was. No, that was a pretty darn good match right up until the end. Um I Thatcher and Champa as a team are really kind of out outperforming my expectations. I mean, I think they're both great wrestlers, so like it's not like I expected them to be bad, but uh I've just been really pleasantly surprised with how good they are.
3: I and we're ending with this because there's a lot to talk about if we want to, but uh I loved that AEW show on. I loved a lot about it, uh, not just the wrestling, but like it was like a bunch of promos that were into the camera. They had a little bit of, uh, they had a little bit of oomph to them, which I appreciate, especially Kazarian. I, I dug Kazarian's promo quite a bit. Two dollars for the uh, use of the word recompense, which is not used enough nearly in in wrestling promos. But promos to the camera. Uh, you know, doing those tapes if you can, uh, the acclaimed <laughs> I want every match to now be caster raps. and then <laughs> what's the name of the other guy?
2: Oh, uh, Bowens. Bowens
3: then goes and that's right and then he just gets decked every time I want that to happen now, every time <laughs> where or casters' writing checks that Bowens has to cash eventually
2: i Max Caster is like an interesting analog to Zach Gibson in the sense that Max Caster can come down the ramp and in the course of him walking through the curtain to him, getting down to the ring, absolutely have nuclear heat on himself. Um, and like you need those type of guys, especially for some of your mid card matches that have like not belt stakes or whatever, um, that actually have like, you know, just, they need to have personal animosity. Um, Cast like they're good wrestlers in the ring too. Like, uh, Bowens and Castor are both really entertaining in the ring. Um, they they don't they don't work too fast or whatever. Um, so I think that that works well. I like I enjoyed. The Moxley and Kingston promo was funny because they clearly went super long, so they just had to, like, white-sheet it and just cut to an end.
3: The rapper and his friend. Um,
2: yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. No, like, that stuff was really—no, this is great, right? So, like, Kingston and Moxley, like, get some serious heat on the acclaim with, like, the whole, like, Boaz is just a sidekick thing. The acclaim come back and they get some heat on Kingston and Moxley on their way you to the look ring. look Like a box this of newsports
3: is just a fantastic it, line.
2: I love the box and newsport was a great line. Oh man. Great image. Great image in my head. Um and, and then also, yes, obviously the line about Renee, too. And so that makes the the clash of the lockup have some instant heat. And like, yeah, no, this is a fun match. Um, I thought that Christian Cage, for his part this week on the show, another sneaky, good, clever. Like he's not, he is. He's not outworking everyone, like in terms of work rate or whatever. Like, but what he is doing is one a lot of good storytelling in the ring, great pacing in the ring, um, a nice kind of usage of he. He's really good at ebby flowy stuff, so like he knows how to pick up the pace a little bit, um, pull it back in. He's starting to tease a little bit of this hair, heel characterization, a little bit of a heel edge to his uh, persona, um, but we're still kind of like you know mostly on the babyface side of the ledger. I like this match. That was good.
3: Watching the two filmed vignettes, I, I I watch for the minor characters and what they're doing within there. First of all, Doc Sampson in the Orange Cassidy Kenny Omega thing, looking over the shoulder to watch the tape footage and just nodding his head in disapproval, made that skit for me. Uh, everything else after that, I could care less about. But you know, the guy is just. Orange Cassidy
2: didn't deliver for his part at the end of the skit. Yeah, no, I I thought one, the Callus and Omega wind up overstayed its welcome. Uh, It probably doesn't shock anyone that I'm not a big Kenny Omega fan, but like, I just thought, I thought it was fine, but like, okay, we get it. Like, I, I hate the, I'm an executive vice president crap. I I I mean that is
3: I'm I'm very tired. That of
2: reeks of the bad old days of WCW in the bad days. Yeah, of when Ric Flair was like, the
3: president of the company. Vin,
2: Vince Russo crap. Yeah. yeah, no, it's very Vince Russo era WCW of like we're talking about the politics backstage, brother, because that's gonna get us over. And we need Orange Cassidy to be a good little mascot. Like that is not helping Orange Cassidy as a character. Um, like this. Everything else is fake, but this little moment right here is real crap. Not good. Not good. Um, I didn't think Orange Cassidy delivered in his part. I thought the premise was fine. I agree with you. I was watching Doc Simpson as well. I thought he was very entertaining. Um, What was your other package?
3: The, the Pinnacle's Last Supper type of vignette. The only thing that didn't work for me was Sean Spears, to be honest with you. And I thought they should have just left it as he didn't get his drink as opposed to beating up a ref. But there were moments in that, thing where you're where, if you're watching the minor players or the guy who's not getting focus, it's it was a lot of fun like watching Tully Blanchard give that first appalled stare and then just in awe stare of Wardlow as he's drinking the bottle at the table uh, I thought uh cash I always want to call him Scott Dawson but cash Harwood at a rather fun promo about i'm tired of being in these personal fights because it's keeping us from being great dax just has to sit there and look like dax i mean he's just kind of the guy i thought mgf mjf had a pretty good menace in his promo uh but i this was really good
2: at showing at once cohesion but also divergences and personalities but like this is not the divergence in personalities moment or whatever in the story. But like, I like that Tully is perhaps too civilized for all of this at the end of the day um, that he's looking at Wardlow and initially he's like, Ooh, okay. Why? Like, come on, dude, have some class or whatever. He looks at Spears, Spears loses his shit. And then Tully's like, all right, here's some money. That's take care of it. <laughs> like he's not a good guy or whatever, but like Tully also realizes that there's a grievance here and that like he's these kids are a little out of hand and he needs to tame these, uh, these wild men a little bit. I like the tension between um, the tag team, the featured tag team of the revival um, or the, FTR. The Revolution, FTR, whatever they're um, like, they want title shots or whatever. And so when MJF, is making this about him, there's always going to be a little bit of attention. Whenever MJF makes this about personal feuds, there's always going to be a little bit of attention for FTR because they don't really give a crap about MJF's personal beef. They're not really here for the personal stuff. So MJF has to keep kind of feeding them with money. I like that little tension on the table. And then, then, you know, I like Wardlow as just like the unbrow guy. And then Sean Spears as the loose cannon. So we actually got with each person a reason why the pinnacle might not have cohesion with any one of those people um but that's not what the promo was about tonight um and we're, and we're building up to uh this stadium stampede thing that i think will be done like more serious you know it's the wrong the, order the, really you know, is
3: is we should have had sta- stadium yeah. stampede and then blood and guts but i i get it i i, I get what they're
2: gonna the problem the, the pinnacle stuff was good the problem for me was all the inner circle yes. stuff. um i yeah I, I just the inner circle feels really flat right now
3: although hager cut a good promo in there and he's not known to cut very good promos it's just yeah it's a little too i think sammy brings too much comedy to it in a way or too light-hearted to it in a way
2: so does Jericho yeah. in a way too. like, I mean, Jericho's finding his footing as a babyface character here, but like every so often he does sort of like pivot back to comedy. He has Jericho sports and entertainment
3: like, instincts at this point. Yes. In this yes. Career. And I,
2: I think he needs to be respected veteran legend. I mean, I think a good thing that could have happened during this promo, especially since they don't have a good way of actually paying it off is Jericho shows his baby faceness um, and shows team cohesion with Sammy they address the miscommunication um, at the end of blood and guts and kind of hug it out. And like that, that's it, that, that, that's the way you bury off that angle because you don't have a real way of paying it off one way or another. I think that would, that would humanize Jericho and help get this Jericho baby face character over a lot more than the yuck, yucks, my jerk off friend stuff. Um, I, I think we need to just have this guy really committed to being a mentor to younger people. Um, that is an admirable thing. Um most young people would like to have an older mentor and most young people have a resentment to older people who don't know when it's time for them to start taking, you know, kind of a back roll. Um, and you know, when they view a gerontocracy starting to form here. Um, so like I think that Jericho being the guy who knows, Hey, look, I should still be respected and we all think he should still be respected, but also I understand that I need to build up the stars of tomorrow or whatever. I think that that helps get this Jericho character over more than any jokes ever will.
3: Yeah. That's about all I had. I mean, I really enjoyed the show overall. I'm looking for Miro. Oh, Miro was great. Miro was so fantastic.
2: My God. Miro is on fire. It's like, it's like this mural had been in hibernation, but like he's roasting everybody. Uh, I mean, he's almost roasting everybody too yes. hard. Like Duffy Allen, go back and make your granny student video. Like I, I mean, come on, uh, just dying. Yeah, uh, you know, even I forget what he said to Jake the Snake. But oh, that, there's no, no the there's yoga, no matter yoga. Oh, yeah, no, no, the yoga's not gonna fix you. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, I it's he's the problem with the Rusev. Um, or the problem with Miro is, is that he's so funny that it he's so naturally yes. funny. And like, even when he's roasting people, it's just, he's too funny. The accent helps make the lines would be in and of themselves substantively funny in and of themselves. However, the voice, the character, the, look. Um, the, 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 the ac- giant, the, look, the, giant Bulgarian, the, look, the accent, yeah. the, the angry Bulgarian guy streaming these searing roasts at you makes every one of those roasts funnier and sear more. And, like, it's just hard for him to be a pure heel when he is roasting so good. Uh, and so, like, that's the only problem I have with the I stuff. I know
3: we're big on serious stuff here, but somewhere down the line, six months, nine months, a year, Miro and Max Caster <laughs> have to get together <laughs> and either roast each other or roast somebody else
2: just like one of those makeshift oh teams. my god and extend an extended miro and max caster feud like it, like that would be great with caster you want to turn caster face and have him and have him and miro just like going after each other or make them a team um miro and the acclaim would actually be a very funny like little <laughs> mini faction yeah i've been to that i'm i'm here for that uh,
3: that's all i got you got anything else
2: that's all I got cool. this week too. We'll we
3: will end it there. You've been listening to Shake Them Ropes. Follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word on the Twitter. We are available in audio on all your platforms: Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, etc., and also on video coming to you at the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel. My name is Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen, mostly bad jokes about wrestling. That's what I do on that Twitter stream. You can follow Chris at DWATG, where he doesn't talk about wrestling on his Twitter stream. Because he's trying to give a brand extension to his other shows, which he will plug at this time.
2: Yeah, you can always chat with me, like, you know, via direct messages or whatever about wrestling if you want to. But mostly I talk about politics at DWATG because Don't Worry About the Government is my news and politics podcast. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify on the most recent episode. Uh, we talk about the news in the Middle East. We talk about the CDC's recent uh, guidelines uh, and their changing of the guidelines. We also talk about scandals affecting both Democratic and Republican politicians. Literally so many of those these days, I could have done an entire show on just that alone. So if you want to hear all of that, check that out over at DontWorry.tv. Also on that episode, most recent episode... I curse out Cody while eating a terribly spicy piece of Nashville hot chicken. So you got to catch it. You got to see it. Um, and you can do that over at patreon.com slash Now, Jeffrey, it is time for us to get our skillets out and start making our quiche. What you're going to want to do here is get your cast iron skillet. Um, look at that. Look at that.
3: Who's ready to cook? The joke died after you
1: said, <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation